and we're going live. All right, and we are there. So welcome, everybody. It's 9 o'clock on a Tuesday night. It might be 9.09. We did have some minor technical difficulties. We did have to uh, abandon ship on the... Uh, the chamber room and then come back into the chamber we tweaked it a little bit we're good to go we're here and if you are hearing my voice and seeing my face out there in the live chat just do me a favor and let me know that we are coming through and everything is on track the way that it needs to out there in the chats so uh all right i'm going to assume in the meantime that everything is good it's kind of lively already out there uh in the chat let's see what we've got going on we've got kingpin uh, we've got Mystic Guns, Nighthawk Medic, Sandhill Sweetheart, of course, is in the chat, Rich White, G23, Schofield 63, Calaveras 32 Special is out there already, Patriot in the Dark is out there, Blitz is in the house, um, he had to uh, jump in and then jump right back out, but I see before he did, he dropped us a super chat, so Blitz, I don't know if you can still hear me, but thank you very much for that uh, super chat with the hot dog sandwich there. I see New York Outcast, Tim Foley is in the house, and Defense Dad says he's not first, so at least he can count. Um, we've got a few other uh, people joining, I think, in the panel here in a little bit, but we're going to go ahead and uh, get started. So uh, real quick, uh, if you're out there and you're watching us live on YouTube, please just drop a comment down in the live chat section. Uh, I say down in the live chat section. It could be over. It just depends on how you're set up. So uh, if it's on a computer, it's probably to the side. If it's on a phone, excuse me, it's probably down below. But uh, we want to know that you're here and that you're watching. So uh, uh, just drop those comments so that we can uh, say hi. And, of course, if you didn't know this already, Sandhill Sweetheart does keep a list. And at the end of the night, we just read through everybody who was active in the live chat so we can say your name and give you the recognition that you deserve for uh, helping make this chat what it is. Mike's out there now, too. What's up, Mike? All right, so uh, we've got uh, a few of the usual suspects in the panel, and there may be more joining. I sent a link out to a bunch of people, so we will see how many uh, make it over into the uh, chamber tonight to, to talk about some, some common gun myths and misconceptions. But uh, first off, we've got uh, Nighthawk Medic. What's up, Mr. Nighthawk? Not much, brother. Thanks for having me in the panel. Excited to be here. Glad to have you along. All right, next up we've got uh, the king of the Travi himself, Travis P11. Hey, man, thank you for the invite. I do appreciate it. Um, just shameless plugs as usual. Check out my YouTube channel, Travis P11, and check out Caliber Corner uh, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. over on my YouTube channel, Travis P11. And subscribe to everybody on this panel. They all got great content, man. Thank you. You betcha. All right, next up we've got uh, Rich White from This Week Unloaded, Unloaded Media. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And if you didn't see Sunday night, we did a marathon because Midnight didn't do his show, so we done did a five-hour, almost six-hour marathon live stream. Did you have stuff to talk about that long, or was it a whole lot of uh, just making stuff up for whatever? Yeah, basically. Oh, okay, just wondering. It's all good. I'm not saying it's a it's a bad thing. I just was curious. Yeah, we we talked about some serious stuff and then some not so serious stuff, especially when Moo uh, jumped on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. All righty. Uh, next up, we've got Duke Liberty in the house. What's up, Mister Liberty? 
Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for the invite, man. Super excited to be here as always with this outstanding, fine group of individuals. I'm actually neither out nor standing right now, but the rest of them, I can't see them, so they may be. I can't speak for everybody, just for me. I'm in sitting right now at an undisclosed location inside, deep inside a bunker in the Sandhills Media Empire. That's where we're broadcasting from on the pirated signal that's not really pirated or a signal at all. It's just YouTube. Next up, we've got Defense Dad coming to us from the capital city as well. What's up, Defense Dad? Oh, just living the dream. Glad to be here. <laughs> some days it's a dream, some days it's a nightmare, but it is what it is right now, right? Yep. Just glad to still be at work and uh, not uh, not having to sit home and twiddle your thumbs. I get that part. Oh, and I did then... that today. <laughs> oh, did you? You oh, shook yeah. him up. I had to work, but you could have hung out. I'm just saying. Gotcha. <laughs> we needed an extra person at work today, and uh, you've got sales experience. I think we'd have been okay. You could have just jumped in and helped out. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Next up, we've got uh, Pat Hirsch as well. Pat is in the house. What's up? I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, yeah, it's uh, been an interesting July. I'll put it that way. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, just glad to be uh Kind of back in the circuit, so to speak. So, yeah, just glad to be with you guys tonight. And, uh, yeah, should be a lively discussion tonight. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope so anyway. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things going around out there, um, a lot of misconceptions, a lot of flat-out myths. Some of them I'm going to go so far as to say are flat-out lies, to be honest, um, about guns, about buying a gun, owning a gun, about the Second Amendment in general, um, I made a list of, of a whole bunch of things, and it is definitely not all-inclusive. Um, there's a lot more out there, and, and if we run out, if we, if we get through all of my list, um, you know, some of you on the panel may have a few things, and there may be some things that come through out in the chat as well. But uh, we're just going to go through, and, and if we don't get through all of them, here's the cool thing, is you're sure welcome to email me. And just give me some more gun myths, and if we don't get to them tonight, send those emails off, and uh, you know we can always compile a second list and have another discussion here down the road on on some more of these. But with more and more new gun owners all the time, and that means that there's also a bunch of people out there who are considering buying that first gun, and they have they don't have a lot of references out there as far as getting to some of the truth until. You just get to personal experience, right? And they don't have a lot of that personal experience maybe to draw upon as far as what's right, what's not, what's crap, what's real. And so that's what we want to just sit down and dispel some of these myths. Things that, you know, you and I have heard these things maybe for a long time. Maybe some of them are kind of new. Um, but uh, it's just stuff that we know that gets spread around. Um, on the news, by politicians, by social media, by people that don't know any better, by people that do know better but still want to spread it, uh, you know, just all kinds of stuff. It, some of it's about firearms themselves. Some of it's about the laws and or the lack thereof or things like that. So um, just a lot of stuff out there. And let's, let's kind of wade through, wade into some of that stuff and just kind of cut out the crap and, and get down to what's actually true and what is completely malarkey in some of these things. So uh, the first one we're going to cover, I actually put this one up top, and uh, just because it, it's one of the funnier ones, it's it's funny, it's sad, and completely um, sometimes even enraging, but um, 
you know, how many of you remember here? It was, it's been a year or two ago now. Joe Biden, before he went completely um, out of his mind, I mean, the guy still acted like he kind of had it together at this point. Um, but he was on some sort of a televised interview um, and they were reading some questions for people uh, or from some people. And somebody asked him about some of the gun laws and if they wouldn't, um, you know, tr- maybe criminalize some, you know, ordinarily law abiding gun owners. And when it comes to um, banning certain firearms and things like that, I can't remember the exact question. And I'm going to paraphrase him here, but we all heard what he said to that, right? You don't need an AR-15. What he told his wife is, because uh, they live in, in kind of a semi-rural area, kind of a secluded area, is just buy a double-barrel shotgun. And if anybody ever uh, starts some stuff, you walk out on the balcony, you fire two blasts into the air, they won't try to come in. Just buy a shotgun. That's all you need. So <laughs> it's funny because those of us that have been around guns know that that, that double-barrel shotgun, first of all, if you go out there and you shoot twice, you're you're empty. So you've got to take time to unload, and anybody who knows that is going to know that uh, you are you're out. You're you're you need to reload. It. You've, they've got some time. Uh, if they wanted to come in, that would be the time to do it. Um, second of all, anybody who's determined to get into a house, uh, I don't think is going to be very deterred by a couple shotgun blasts up into the sky. Uh, if you're firing at the bad people, that would be one thing, but that's not what he was insinuating. Um, but also, I mean. When you get down to a, a double-barrel shotgun, uh, he even went so far as to say 12-gauge in that uh, in that interview or in that video. Um, if you've got somebody who maybe it's their first gun, they've never used a firearm before, and they want something to protect their home, honestly, I'm not going to recommend that 12-gauge double-barrel shotgun. Now, can it be a great tool? Yeah, it can, okay? Um any tool can can be used, and almost any tool can be improvised with, right? So uh, sometimes you've got to make a, a long handle wrench out of two two uh, combo wrenches, right? I mean, sometimes we just got to improvise and and make tools do what they're not supposed to to get a job done. But what I'm talking about is a 12 gauge shotgun typically is not set up to be um, to fit a wide variety of people. I mean, if if you get into serious shotgunning uh things like trap or skeet things like that i mean you can drop a lot of money into a shotgun because you've got to fit everything to the shooter i mean right that's you've got to fit the the length of pull which is the distance between the trigger and the butt you've got to sometimes you can even um you know adjust the the angles and the drop and the cast and everything to to where that thing is just it's custom to one person and that means somebody else isn't going to be able to pick it up and use it as efficiently. Not only that, but if you're uh, not skilled in the use of firearms, especially long guns, especially long guns that have what would be a significant amount of felt recoil, and you don't know how to shoot the thing, then it's probably going to put you on your butt. Or or it's going to hurt you at the very least if you don't know what you're doing. And if that's the case, then it's probably not the best tool for self-defense. Um and it's it's not that it's necessarily a some so much a myth. I just kind of wanted to poke fun at Joe Biden, but there are so many different options out there. Um, he's saying you don't need an AR-15, and let's kind of tie this back around to another thing that we hear all the time is that nobody needs an AR-15, right? Um, 
people say that those are weapons of war, that they're designed only for hunting humans, that they're designed to just be indiscriminate killing machines. Um, we all know that these things are not the truth. So we're not going to go around the horn. I'll just let people jump in as they need to. But just the very idea of you don't need an AR-15 um, or, or that it's you know, completely stupid and nobody would ever need or want one of those. And if you do, you probably want to go murder people. That's a huge misconception out there that some people actually have. So just go ahead. Anybody jump in. What would you say to somebody if, if you heard them say, you don't need an AR-15. It's, it's for the slaughtering of human beings or the slaughtering of children. Say. Well, first, real quick, I want to go back to the shotgun thing. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, Biden also said not just to fire your shotgun up in the air from your porch, but also to fire through the door. And I threw an article out there in the YouTube chat where that talks about him having said that. About That was back in 2013. He said, shoot your shotgun through your door. Really? That's yes. awesome. Thereby by, making yourself a felon. By, by exactly. awesome, I mean no, it isn't. Wow, that's crazy. I don't think I've seen that. So, article notwithstanding, in the shooting through the door, just go back to the uh, the AR-15 part, Rich. What what would you say if if you were talking to somebody and they said, "Hey, you don't need an AR-15 unless you're going to go hunt people down and shoot them." Have they ever been walking through the woods and come across a pack of coyotes? I don't know. Probably not. If they, had, they, they probably live in the middle of a, a large metropolitan area, and coyotes uh, aren't a big issue unless you're talking about people smuggling people across the border. Well, that's not entirely true because when uh, in Pittsburgh we had coyotes within the city limits. Sure, but so, let, um, let's say that. I mean, go ahead, keep going. I'm I'm just trying to play a little devil's advocate. Yeah, I can see your point on that. If you were living somewhere like New York City, if you were living in Manhattan, it might not be an issue. But if you're living in a another city like Pitt. Pittsburgh, for example, or Harrisburg or Erie, you might have coyotes in your city. So, I mean, and let's let's talk about the cities where they want to have, you know, an outright ban on, if not all firearms, and for sure the AR-15. So let's talk about Chicago, New York, L.A., um, San Francisco, you know, the places that, that those, those rifles have definitely been targeted. I mean, yeah. that may not be, a, a, you know, a, a pack of coyotes. Even a pack of, you know, wild neighborhood dogs. I mean, it's probably not something that it's it's going to be a big, big issue for a lot of people. Um, but it's not a bad, I mean, you, you make a good point. You, that's a great point that that uh, predators aren't only two-legged. Yeah, and uh, Pittsburgh, they did try and get rid of the AR-15. If you remember a couple of years ago, they had that big rally because the mayor tried to outlaw them against state law. That's true. That's true. And he had to uh, rescind that. Mm-hmm. Can I uh, bring up a point that nobody ever really seems to make? And yeah, do it. Part of the reason for the dissolution of our history, uh, you hear about the Illinois governor trying to uh, stop teaching history. So up until 1922, the British people ruled the entire planet because of the Lee Enfield rifle and the, and the advanced technology that that rifle represented against the opponents that they fought. And their domination of technology is what led to that. So I buy AR-15s not because I necessarily think that I will have to use an AR-15 against a tyrannical government, but I believe that one day my grand great baby will have to use 
the AR-1500 laser rifle against a tyrannical government. And it will not be around and available unless we can still buy that weapon technology. And so the battle for the AR-15 is not one of gun ownership and right and wrong, but rather the preservation of the Second Amendment and its original purpose, which is defense against a tyrannical government. Bingo. No, very, very good point. All right, what else do, do any of you have out there as far as ideas on the the need in the AR-15 part? I remember watching a Coyle Noir video where he had talked about, you know, the AR-15 and, you know, a good defense for the uh, the ownership of one and why shouldn't you have an advantage against those that want to harm you? Why, why, I mean, and, and, and furthermore, you know, when we do talk tyrannical government, you want to say, well, I'd also like to have something that's going to give me some sort of a uh, ability to defend myself against an army with, you know, firepower similar to what the uh, military might use. Granted, I don't think the uh, AR-15 that we have has ever been officially used in combat, not that I know of, but, uh, you know, at least gives you somewhat of a level playing field for self-defense. Ask the Colombian army. Which one? <laughs> They're probably using automatic Colts, aren't they? The AR-15 was put into service during the uh, 1990s, early 1990s. I'll see if I can get a reference to it, but it was actually used next to uh, M16A1s. Yeah, the Colombians were using them in their Civil War. Yeah, but even look at like uh, basic infantry tactics... Uh, don't call for every infantry uh, or every every soldier marine to carry a fully automatic rifle. Um, semi-automatic rifles are great platforms to be used in what mostly is known as combat these days. Yeah, I don't know what uh, if it was the same when Nighthawk went to service, but when we went to basic, we were told that we'll probably hardly ever fire an M16 M4 on full auto. Most of the time, you'd be shooting in a semi-auto anyway. Yeah, we so, never did. It was still select fire though. Yeah, yeah, we never did the fun switch except for night fire. And when you're talking about engaging targets at 600 yards, uh, even three-round burst is practically uncontrollable at that range. Oh, it is uncontrollable at that range. Very cool. All right. So anything else on nobody needs an AR-15? I mean, we haven't really... Um, we haven't really dove too deeply into, I mean, why you would need an AR-15, though. It, I'm not looking necessarily to to rebut an argument. Um, I just think that that uh, first of all, I mean, there's a lot of things to pick apart with a with a statement like that when you're talking about gun myths. First of all, um, in the United States of America, the way that our laws are set up and our Constitution is written, including our Bill of Rights, uh, we don't need to need something in order to exercise that right. I don't need to drop an F-bomb. I've got the right to do it. I don't need to write a book, but I've got the right to do it. I don't need to vote, but I've got the right to do it. And Well, I do need to vote, but I mean, it's not, it's not one of my basic needs of you know food, water, shelter. And so when it comes down to things like that, um, there's, there's no... There's no requirement for necessity 
to exercise one's right. And people can argue all they want against the Second Amendment, but there's no other right that we apply that standard to. Um, and there's another, I mean, we're going to get into this one of these weeks um, as far as um, there's also no other right listed in the in the Bill of Rights that uh, uh, we apply reasonable restrictions to the way that it said that the Second Amendment, you know, still there, there can be quote unquote reasonable restrictions applied to it. But we don't do that to any other right. Uh, we don't reasonably restrict freedom of speech. We don't reasonably restrict anything else. Um, and so, therefore, there there are no reasonable restrictions in my mind because um, there are no restrictions on any of the other rights. And it is still a right that is protected by the Constitution. Now, there's another spin on that that we're going to get to here in a little bit. But um, going back down that road... Is I don't have to justify why I need this. Um, I can own it because it is an arm. It is my right to do so. I have the right. It is it is preserved by the Constitution to keep and or bear this device. I don't have to need it to to have it in a case like that. Um, also, they are very easy to shoot. Um, they, uh, I mean, anybody that's shot a rifle knows that it's it's a lot easier to control a rifle, and they are uh, easier to get accurate hits uh, than a handgun with you know not as much practice, right? Um, uh, just there's a whole lot of things that can be said out there that that I think need to be brought up if we're just going to dispel that as a as a myth or as a misconception. And so um, that's one of the biggest things, though, is when somebody says, you know, why would you need to have that? Well. There are many examples that I can give where I might need um, a lightweight, intermediate caliber uh, rifle or carbine that holds more than 10 or 15 rounds in a detachable magazine and can be easily reloaded. I mean, there are some Korean shop owners in L.A. that would uh, definitely agree with such a thing, right? Uh, there are a lot of examples of things that could happen, and just the fact that uh, something like that may happen, that's enough in my mind to justify having a, an, a, an option, having a way to deal with that problem should it arise. Um, so that, I mean, there's a lot of things that could be said. So kind of keeping things like that in mind, does anybody else have anything you want to add before I drop into the next uh, topic here? I like to turn around and play the uh, car card sometimes. Okay. Well, I'm like, well, what do you drive? Well, I've got a blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, what's the top speed on that? Well, it's, you know, 130, 140 miles an hour. Well, nobody needs a car that goes 140. You can do a lot of human damage with, the, you know, a vehicle that can go 140 miles an hour when the top speed on the interstate is 75, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, there there should be, every vehicle should be limited to 70. In fact, every vehicle, if safety is our number one concern and, and we're worried about keeping people safe, and cutting down on people dying every week or every night or every weekend, whatever it is, then there should be no such thing as a car that goes faster than 25 miles an hour. And they should all have five-point harnesses installed, and you should be required Mm -hmm. to wear a helmet to operate it. And you should be required to uh, go through extensive training and get a permit and then pay for that uh, extensive training every year when you re-up your permit, right? And then you got to go through your background check every time you go buy one. Yes, exactly. And before you give the keys to somebody else, you also need to go through a background check. They need to go through a background check. You have to go down and get the car retitled in their name before they can drive it. 
And then when they give the keys back to you, then you have to do the same two background checks and uh, you have to go back to the courthouse and get the car retitled again back to your name before you can repossess the keys. Is there, an age, is there an age minimum to buy a used car? There, uh, there certainly should be. It should be 21. I, I think so. Or 25. In fact, you shouldn't yeah. be able to buy a used car uh, without mm-hmm. having to go through the dealer. That's yep. what I think. Now, I mean, yep. yeah. So, of course, we're, we're spouting malarkey <laughs> because that's things that have been said about guns. But I, but, last time I checked, there's a lot more people killed by vehicles and car crashes and drunk driving than there are firearms every year. Oh, so. that is... That is very, very true. You want to go numbers for numbers, you know. That's all right. The left has got that. They've already declared that the truck is a a protester-destroying vehicle. It should not be sold. (laughs) We're we're good. You're right on track. Real quick, before I forget, um, I don't want to get into it right now, Sarge, but out there in the chat, um, Sarge said there are reasonable restrictions to the First Amendment. Um, Sarge, here in the next couple days, you and I need to talk about that because I want to know – what your thoughts are on that, but that's not the topic tonight, and I don't want to get off onto that sidetrack. I do want to have a night where, where we kind of sit down and talk about things like that just as our whole topic. Um, but I, I honestly want to have that conversation with you uh, here sometime soon, Sarge. So get a hold of me here in the next couple of days if you've got some time of an evening. And uh, I don't have a, a weekday off this week, but uh, um, tomorrow night or, or uh, maybe Thursday night, if, if we get some time, we can we can just discuss that because – you know what I mean? That's what I'm all about, just sitting down, and, and I want to know what you have to say about it. So anyway, moving right along, um, let's go back to another myth that I hear all the time. Um, and this is one that a lot of you out there in the world are finding out that uh, you thought that this was true, and you're finding out that it is absolutely not true. But uh, just just anyone can walk into a gun store and then walk out with a gun. It's easier to get a gun than a library card. So what would you guys, what do you, I mean, I'm just going to drop these and and then I'm just going to let you on the panel kind of just take them and run with them. So, but these are some of the things that people are are saying or have said over the years. Um, Clearly we we remember it was uh, former president Obama that said it's easier to get a gun than a library card. Um, So you can just walk in and buy one and walk out with it. You know, I think it comes down to supply and demand here recently. (laughs) (laughs) Well, partly, yes. Well, and uh, it also, there's an old saying that the choices that you make in your life kind of lead to how the future of your life will look, right? And so for a lot of us, buying a gun is a very simple process. Uh, We have employment that permits us to have the financial means to purchase the weapon system. Uh, We have the criminal background and history that is prevented, uh, that does not prevent us from failing a background check. And more importantly, is we've done our civic duty and voted and positioned ourselves in places in the world where uh, we have politicians who support our like political views, and therefore it is fairly easy to acquire a firearm. Uh, but I think that is one of those situations where uh, it all depends on where you are standing in your world at that very moment. All right. Defense Dad, you had something you wanted to say. Well, so, you know, speaking of this myth, when this panic buying start, I've seen it happen several times in the gun stores over the last couple of months where those people who truly believed it was that easy to get, I've seen him, I've seen them go pick the gun out and then the salesperson finds out they don't have their permit and they say, well, we can, you, we, you can pay for the gun, we'll hold it, but you got to come back with your permit. And I've seen people have literal meltdowns like, what do you mean? 
like I've literally seen people like, what do you mean I can't get it? They said I could just get it. And, I, and it, so people do believe that. Yeah, because you had a uh, somebody that actually did that right in front of you, didn't you? You were telling me about it, that somebody was, was uh, I mean, they were very, not only a meltdown, but they were completely um, indignant about the fact that, that they weren't going to be allowed to just walk out with it because they wanted it. I've seen it a couple of times. Once, a couple of times actually with the handgun. The one I, the, the time I was talking about with you is with the shotgun, and she literally they were sold out of defensive shotguns, and she was just irate that they didn't have have them available. But no, more so on the handgun. Like they literally thought they could just go buy it, and I, I witnessed the salesperson tell them, "Well, you need to apply for a permit, and when it comes back, we can you can come back and." We'll send the gun with you, but you can pay with it, pay for it tonight, so it's still there. And like those, those people, they had no idea, and they were, they literally were just dumbfounded that they just couldn't walk out with it because that's what they believed. Yeah, isn't that? I mean, it's, it's. I guess in my mind, it's, it's good that people are finding this out, and I mean a small part of me wants to just kind of sit there and smile smugly and say, hey, I bet you voted for this to be the law or you were in support of this being the law up until it bit you in the butt. But then at the same time, um, it also just shows how much we need to help educate our fellow citizens, right? I mean, there's still a lot of people that were blissfully unaware that uh it's it's not easy to get a gun unless you've already met certain criteria yeah i think my favorite one was the one where the reporter went in and (laughs) tried showing how easy it was to go buy a gun and was denied because he had a criminal record yep well he liked to beat his girlfriend then that goes back to choices right and the choices that we make in our lives yep exactly right so, all right. Anything else anybody wants to add as far as just anyone can walk out of a gun store with a gun? I mean, same day, same trip. You walk in and you walk out no different than you bought uh, a jug of milk in a or a, a, maybe a uh, you know gallon of motor oil. Well, Patriot brings up a good point up in the YouTube chat. He said, actually, you can get a library card online and your books without leaving your home from your local library, and they just disappear and you don't return them. But 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 not returning them, you know. (laughs) Don't do that. But the rest of his comment, you know, it's a good point. You can't do that with a firearm. Well, I think what he means is there are apps and and programs where you can check a virtually check a book out of the library, and then once your two weeks are up, you just uh, it just goes back to and let somebody else check it out. And you, if you didn't finish reading it, then you need to get back in line and check it out again. So I I think that's what he meant. He's not talking about keeping overdue library books. I was joking about the second part, but there's actually there's library books too that you can borrow an ebook and you have so long to read it and then it disappears from your inventory. Right. Uh, exactly. Amazon does that with Kindle books. If you're if you have a certain Prime memberships, or if you have another one of their services, I forget what it is, where you can borrow books from them from Amazon and read them like if it was your local library. Yep. Exactly. So, all right, let us move right along here. And actually, a guy that comments out there in the chat uh, may have ESPN or some other uh, way of knowing what I'm about to say because the next one up is the uh, we need to close the gun show loophole. We've all heard about this where people, again, um, mistakenly think that just because there's a gun show that you can walk into that gun show and 
be browsing along the tables, find a handgun or a long gun that you like, and then just automatically, um, because it's a gun show, you can just buy that thing and walk out with it because, uh, again, the misconception is that gun shows are somehow different than a brick-and-mortar uh, gun store. And maybe they're aware that you can't just walk into a gun store and walk out with that gun same day, but it's okay because there's a gun show in town this weekend, and I'll just go down there and I'll, I'll get it there instead. And again, we all know that is absolutely not the case, right? Oh, yeah. Steven Crowder has a video that he did on that where he actually went to a gun show in disguise and tried buying a firearm without having his ID on him. And they're told, no, no, you can't do that. We can't sell that to you without your ID. We have to run your background check and everything. And then he looks, and there's a guy standing next to him looking at the other guy. Well, can I have this guy buy it and then give it to me? And the guy's like, no, that would be a straw purchase. <laughs> told me you don't have your ID on you. That's why I can't sell it to you. <laughs> Which you know, is, I mean, good on that dealer. And I think gun shows are a little rougher. The local police in my town sit on the entrance road to the gun show and literally take pictures of people's license plates as they drive in. And finally, I w it drove me crazy enough that I did the stupidest thing a human being can do, and that is approach two police officers fairly unannounced. I pulled my car over the side of the road, walked up to them, and handed them a piece of paper with my plate number on it. And I said, what are you guys doing? And he said, well, we've got people who are coming in here and trying to move guns that they've stolen. And we've got a list of license plates and things of that nature. That's, that's all the information we've been able to get. And so we've caught five or six different guys who've come in here with stolen guns coming out by doing this. So I wow. think it's even less of a loophole in a lot of ways because it's a very, very set funnel. Now, let's get into the part that actually causes the... the uh... I don't want to say causes the mis causes the I guess the confusion um, a little bit because now it's not every state is the same obviously but there are times where if you're not a dealer you just got you know your own personal collection uh, you come to the gun show you pay for a table you can lay out your personal collection somebody comes up and says you know hey how much for this Winchester 94 and you tell them a price and they're like cool I'll take it. And they're like, what paperwork do you need? And you tell them, hey, it's a private sale, so show me the money. And I'll show you the, the receipt. Um, and that's all that you're going to need. Now, some states, that's okay for a rifle. The gun show loophole comes into effect here, or the, the term gun show loophole, because um, what people don't understand, and the reason why there's a push to shut down gun shows in certain areas, is because they think that that's because it's at a gun show. Now, it is not illegal to do that in those states at a gun show if it's a private party selling to another private party. No more so than if you met at one's residence or if you met at the, the parking lot of the Piggly Wiggly and did the exchange there. It is just, it's okay in that state. It's not a crime to do that in that state. Now, again, I mean, if you're going to sell to somebody that you don't know, that's on you you probably should do a little bit of homework on the person and at least, um, you know, get their ID, get their name and address and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the background check's not required. You don't have to prove that, um, that the person's not a felon or not, not a, uh, um, 
uh, shoot, I just what's the term for somebody that, that can't can't buy a gun? Prohibited. Prohibited person. Prohibited. That's the one. You ever you ever tried to do live broadcasting and all of a sudden your brain just it checked out three hours ago and it's not coming back tonight? That's what's happening to me today. <laughs> yeah, good times. Anyway, um, in a state like Nebraska, if if Travis and I wanted to uh, exchange a long gun and, and I wanted to buy a rifle from Travis, um, if he didn't know me, but I just told him, hey, you know, I'm not a prohibited person, and he says, well, that's good enough for me. I mean, that's that's just that's a thing that that we still have the ability to do so now it's in travis's best interest to make me show him my carry permit or my purchase permit for a handgun because nebraska has those that says i've passed a background check the fact that it's still in my possession says that it's not been revoked and so i mean that's a smart thing to do and i probably wouldn't do an exchange without that for somebody i didn't know but it's not required and that's where the gun show loophole comes into effect is there's a lot of people that think that it's because it's at a gun show that it magically makes that okay. And it's not, it's already the state law. And there's not a dealer at that gun show. That's not going to make you fill out the, uh, the proper forms, the proper paperwork and still do that background check if required again, unless you've got a permit that uh, precludes that background check because it's already been done. It just can't happen. There's not an FFL uh, out there that's willing to risk their FFL by getting stung with something like that they're they're just not going to do it so it's only the private parties but canceling a gun show or banning gun shows doesn't change that law it doesn't make that illegal it doesn't change the fact that you can still meet up at the parking lot of walmart and you know here's the cash okay here's the gun okay have a great day goodbye well you know i don't think that's any different oh i'm sorry go ahead. no go ahead jump in I, you know i don't think that's any different than starting to manipulate the noise ordinances in a town and things of that nature. You know, the goal is not to shut down the gun show. The goal is to shut down the gun. Right. The gun show is just another avenue to attack with whatever random excuse of made-up information they come up with. Now, those of you that have never been to a gun show, uh, I got a couple things to let you know about a gun show. First of all, if you're into guns or you're into freedom, um, it's a great thing to, to go check out if there's a gun show in your area. Just go check it out. Generally, they don't cost a whole lot to get in. I mean, an expensive gun show is going to be 10 bucks to get in. It's normally anywhere from $2 to $5 for, for entrance, and that just helps cover some of the cost of advertising and things like that. The cool thing about a gun show is it's not that you're going to get great deals. Sometimes you will on that last afternoon when everybody's packing up and they'd rather sell it than drag it home. Sometimes you can get some great deals. Um, sometimes you can get some great deals if you've got access to it the night before it opens. When That's when usually all the dealers are there making deals between themselves at the gun show. But for the most part, you don't go to a gun show to get a good deal on a gun. Um, you're not necessarily going to get raked over the coals. Sometimes they do have specials at that show, and sometimes they do have reduced prices. Some dealers do, some don't, and that's okay. But the cool thing is that it shows the community, especially if you've got a huge turnout, it shows that community that freedom, and especially the Second Amendment freedoms, are important to the people. And it's a place where you can get together with people that think like you do, maybe are interested in the things that you're interested in. Maybe you've thought about getting a gun, you'd like to get into some shooting, you'd like to try it out, but you don't know anybody that can get you started. You don't know where to turn. 
a gun show is a great place because you've got so many gun stores that you know rent tables and they kind of come to you it, it's it's no different than going to the craft fair in the mall right it's kind of like it's kind of like a craft fair but for guns and you can get a whole bunch of cool stuff all together under one roof you can go look at a bunch of stuff you can ask questions you can learn how these things work you can learn how the process works to buy one you can find out where a place is that you can shoot one um you can you know a place for for a range nearby or things like that or maybe you tell somebody hey you know i'd like to get into it but um but i don't know where to go when i don't i'm not going to buy something until i know for sure it's it's what i want to do and if there's 15 people with an earshot, there's probably going to be all 15 of them are going to walk over and say, well, get a hold of this guy, or here's my phone number, get a hold of me, or come on out to my farm, or, you know, anything like that. I mean, a gun show is still vital to our community, I think, in so many ways, because it's it's kind of like um, it's kind of like having that local gun store where you can still sit around and just drink a cup of coffee and talk about guns or the weather or whatever, Um just on a bigger scale and with, like I said, all of the local people kind of all there under one roof. And uh, it's it's such a cool thing to, to be able to walk into a room and see just table after table after table of freedom. And I, I don't ever want to see that go away. So, you know, when you're talking about the, the loophole, um, I, I did do a, a private purchase at the Lancaster County Gun Show I don't know, it was last winter when I bought the Mosin for 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. And even though it was a film, the guy was selling it, you know, private party, he had his table and he has guns out. Like you were saying, he still said, you know, okay. I said, well, what all do you need to see? He goes, I'll need to see a Nebraska driver's license. And he goes, and a either carry permit or a handgun purchase certificate or purchase license, whatever we call it here in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous what it is. But anyway, and I, I didn't get upset about it. So if you go to these things and they ask for you, I said, well, state law doesn't say I have to have one. That was just him covering his rear. You know, he wrote down my, my carry permit number, the model of the gun, the serial number, and a notebook. Mm-hmm. Just being responsible. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and that's just it. And if, if you're not willing to give that information out, that's fine. Uh, the guy selling the rifle is not going to get too bent out of shape because he knows that the next person that comes along probably is okay with it. Um, it, it's not a gun registry. It's not the government keeping track. It's just that guy covering his butt because he doesn't necessarily know you. He's only got your smile and your word and probably not even a handshake in the day and age of COVID, um, to go off of whether or not you're a a good person or a criminal. So again, it's, it's just, it's just smart to cover your butt in the day and age of lawsuits and everything else. You know, and I think people kind of see that as the Wild West when it really isn't. I actually have a couple of funny stories. I move a lot of firearms through private sales because of the reviews that I do. And I may purchase three or four different guns before I decide which one I want to review because I'm reviewing it for a specific purpose. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not uncommon for me to run into a cop. While I'm doing that, while I'm doing those private sales, you know, you go on a site like Arms List or one of those and, and uh, sell your firearm. It's not unusual for that guy to produce his ID and it to be a law enforcement officer. So it's not like that's an unpoliced process. Right. There's not potential for you to get your butt checked. Yep, exactly right. So, yeah, the whole point is that going to a gun show and buying a gun, if you're a criminal or a prohibited person it's it's not going to be any easier than it would be anywhere else and 
and shutting down a gun show on the premise of outlawing the the private sale of firearms from person to person which in nebraska is only valid for long guns a handgun still has to go through um an ffl to to be transferred from person to person but a, a rifle or a shotgun um that's still okay and shutting down a gun show doesn't stop that sale from happening because it's still the law it's still okay to do so and that's why there's there's no such thing as a gun show loophole Going to a gun show doesn't gain you any advantages over going into a gun store or buying a private uh, a, a rifle or a shotgun from a private person. So that's the myth there that, that needs to be dispelled. All right, how about this one? I don't want to wait for my background check. I don't want to go to the gun shop. I don't want to go to the gun show. Uh, I'm not going to buy it from somebody in the Walmart parking lot. I'll just go online, and I'll buy my gun there. And then they'll just send it to me. Yes and no. <laughs> can, can I see your CNR, sir? Yeah, I was going to say, if you have a Curio and Relics license, it is that convenient, but you still have to jump through the hoops of getting the CNR license, you know, the Curio Relics license, or you've got an FFL and that, well, it's not even your home address where your guns can be delivered unless you're somehow able to operate. But I still think you have to have a separate facility for your uh, gun store that cannot be your home, if I'm not no. mistaken. You have to have no, some you, separate you structure, run, right? You can run an FFL out of your home. I've known somebody that does it. Yeah, basement or that... garage. It's it it happens all the time. No, yeah. okay. I think I'd have a separate site. No, it's the 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 okay. thing that they're concerned about is just you can't get an FFL because you want to order through the internet. That can't be the only thing. You still have to buy and sell so many guns a year uh, to keep that FFL going. Is my understanding? I mean, or do uh, transfers? Or or do transfers? Right. Um, it's, it's gotta be something that is legit that you're, you're actually in business. You're not just trying to avoid having to go through and pay a transfer fee when you buy guns. I may or may not have, have a buddy locally who does transfers for me <laughs> for that very reason. What's wrong with no, that? No. He's still doing it. You're still legal. Yep. He does transfers for me and about six or seven other people for free. Well, you know, he gets to charge whatever he wants. There's no law saying that he has to charge you money to do that transfer. So if you know an FFL and they're willing to do those transfers for free because, you know, your friends, that's that's your business. That's his business or her business. It's none of our business or the government's business. They can charge whatever they want, including zero. A lot of a lot of dealers don't charge a transfer fee if you buy it from them. Or if you if they order it for you instead of you order it off buds and have it shipped to them. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's still legal. You're still doing the transfer fee, or then fee. You're still doing the transfer. You're still legally um, checking all the boxes, crossing all the I's, and dotting all the T's. Doing all the background checks. Doing all the background checks as required by law. Yes, exactly. So there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but as far as let's say that that I'm not a dealer, I'm gonna go buy my first gun. And I'm tired of waiting in line at the gun store. And then I get there and they're out, you know, they don't have it anymore. And I'm mad and I don't want to go to the gun show and I'm not going to go buy it from Billy Joe Bob down at the Piggly Wiggly. I'm just going to go online. I'm going to go shopping at Bud's gun shop. Look at all the guns they've got. Um, I'm not plugging Bud's. It's just the one that came to mind. Um, I'm going to go to XYZ.com, you know, fill in the blank website. I'm going to go to AZ Firearms in, uh, in the Tucson area. Um, and, uh, and buy my gun online and then, uh, I won't have to go through any of this crap. So that's the myth. A lot of people think that that's the case that you could just 
do your shopping online and avoid all of this dealer stuff. And so as, soon as, you go, as soon as you go to make your purchase, it says select your FFL, make sure they take it. There's not a website out there that doesn't do that. That's what I'm saying. Yep. The truth is that they cannot ship it to your home. They still have to ship it to a licensed federal firearms license holder. And then you have to go there to pick it up. They have to do the transfer paperwork. You pay whatever fee they charge you, whether that's something or nothing is up to them. But you cannot order a firearm online and have it shipped to your home if you're not a dealer. It is not going to happen. Again. Other than black powder, right? Black powder. Yeah. Firearms. True black powder does not count uh, as a firearm, though, does it? Like that? In, a, in that situation? No, they, they don't count as firearms. Black powder rifles. Uh, Air rifles don't. Or, yeah. What about the, the pistols? Well, it, we depends pistols? On, it depends it's on what kind of black powder you're talking about. Because if you're talking cap and ball revolver, those do not yeah. qualify as a firearm. But if you're getting like a cowboy action 45 that still uses a cartridge but even though it's using a black powder cartridge that is a firearm i don't think like a pirate gun you so, like a musket like a yeah, kind of thing be, so yeah, for the for yeah, the yeah. muzzle loader yeah those for the those, purposes those. of this discussion we'll call it muzzle loader even if yeah. even if it's a revolver you still have to load separate powder charge and ball into right. each chamber um beeswax and all that to prevent chain fires you know, all that good stuff. But you're not slipping a cartridge into a chamber. You're slipping, you know, individual powder and shot. That's the main thing. Or powder and ball. So, in that case, yeah, that's that's not considered a firearm, though, by the ATF. And that's why it's that's why I said you cannot buy a firearm online and have it sent to your house. Yeah, here's the crazy thing about the uh, cap and ball revolvers. If you buy a cylinder that takes cartridges... You can put it in there, and you did not create a firearm. It still was legal for you to own that. A conversion cylinder? Without having a uh, background check done on it. was not aware of that. But how, I mean, maybe if it's a modern production, I suppose the frame would still be strong enough to to handle. You can get get black powder cartridges, too. Some Some of them can use smokeless powder, and some of them have to use black powder substitute or black powder in the cartridges. That's cool. You can still buy cowboy action loads that are loaded like they would have been back in the 1800s. That's I'm awesome. Just, just disappointed that I couldn't load a cap and ball revolver and go to New York with it. Um, <laughs> you know, if you really want the joy of black powder, buy a cannon online and watch your friends' faces when they ship it directly to your house. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do that. I I need to do that. Or a Gatling gun, since it's not a machine gun. Yep. <laughs> We already bought one of those. I know. Overrated. Heavy and overrated. I, Dude, that would not have been overrated if your wife would have been okay with us cutting a machine gun for it in the top of the Honda Insight. So that no, we can I know. That. It was still under warranty at that point, so uh, you know, I was all for it. That was a sacrifice I was willing to make. Yeah, speaking of yep. machine guns, there's a uh, gun shop here that has a semi-auto 1919 uh, belt fed. That's a 1919. 1918 is a BAR. Yeah. Well, no, there was a 1918 that was an aircraft gun. Oh, okay. The, that, the 1919 is developed off the 1918. Okay. My my brother-in-law's got a uh, also semi-auto M1919 tripod and everything, but it's been rechambered in 308 instead of 30-06. Yeah, this one's original. Cool. It's not original, and it's the, um, 
tripod. It's it's mounted on an M2 tripod. Okay. It is a sin if that thing's not mounted in the back of a Jeep Willys. Well, if, if he had one, he could probably put it on his <laughs> Kia. There you go. That works. He's got a yeah. he's got a Dodge Grand Caravan. They could probably rig something up with the with the doors on oh, that easy, thing. I don't know. Easy. <laughs> I know a company that'll sell you a turret. <laughs> I've seen a few on on uh, different shows before that'll do that. Yes. Okay. Anyway, we are kind of getting away from the topics here. So. Um, Covered that when I'm checking these off as I go here on my phone. Um, how about this one? This is one that Sandhill Sweetheart actually helped me come up with. Um, not so much on the laws. Let's go back to actual uh, the, the devices themselves. Um, the smaller the gun, the quieter it'll be and the easier it'll be to shoot. How about that one? If you're a first-time gun owner and you're looking for something that's going to be a good first-time gun, I mean, something little um, is probably going to be easier to shoot, right, than something big. What do you guys think? No. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. In fact, I would say those are inversely proportionate, wouldn't you? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Recoil mitigators weight. Yep. 99% so. of the people that show up to my intro to firearms courses have this little bitty thing that they can't manage at all. And I'll put a Glock 19 or a, a VP9 in their hand, and instantly they're in love with shooting. That makes some sense. Like a little, uh, like a lcp or something small like that little palm sized pistol oh, or a p365 if you really have a lot of hand strength and you start putting nine millimeter rounds through a p365 it wears your hands out quick that makes sense so yeah for smaller people with smaller hands they're like i can't shoot an entire course with this weapon and sure so that that'd be like a seasoned shooter still trying to shoot the entire course with a 44 magnum there you go yeah, or like, for, a, for like a like um, a go ahead sorry <laughs> My wife had a um, 642 and 38 special. She hated shooting that gun. She loved shooting my 627 and 357 Magnum. Is 642 is that the air weight? Yes. Okay. So not only small but also super lightweight. Right. Whereas revolver. my uh, 627 is an I... frame, so it's a big heavy revolver. Even though it's a four inch barrel, it's still got weight to it. Mm-hmm. She loved shooting that. She hated shooting that air weight 38 special. Makes sense to me. Yep, that's when, when we were first looking at guns for Sandhill Sweetheart. Um, we had looked at a few revolvers, and she really liked the feel of the uh, Ruger LCR. But, again, that's not what I would want her learning off of and her first shooting experience to be with an LCR because it's going to be the same thing. It's going to make it not fun, and not fun equates to I'm not going to shoot this thing, which means I'm not going to learn how to use it, which means I'm not going to carry it. Which means they bought it in the first place, then, if it was for self-defense. Yep. My yep. wife went from a PT-111 to a P-365 to a CZ-75B. She finally yep. just gave up and went with a midsize. I tried telling my wife. That was the second time she thought that something small and cute would be a good buy. The first time was a Ruger LCP, and she didn't like that either. Well, and, and not to throw my wife under the bus, but when I had first bought my Glock 19, we were actually driving out to my dad's, and we stopped on the way at a gun show. And uh, because I had my pistol purchase permit, I was able to cash and carry that handgun because I already had done all the requisite uh, legal work ahead of time. And uh, as we're driving up to my dad's, you know, she was, she looked at it, and she's like, um, I said, man, I wish that I had known I was going to buy this. We could have grabbed some earplugs. She's like, oh, well, how, how much noise could possibly come out of something? And it's a Glock 19. It's not little as far as guns go, but 
you know, her only shooting experience prior to that had been a raging judge. So, I mean, yeah, it's a tiny little gun compared to that. And she said, well, how loud could the thing possibly be? Until we got it up to my dad's and I shot the first couple rounds through it. And she's like, holy crap, that is very loud. So, yeah, that's that's very true. So, yeah, small gun does not equate to small noise. And it definitely does not equate to easy shooting. It's simple physics. Um, you've got a controlled explosion going off in your hand. And the the explosion is the same no matter the size of the gun because that's that's determined by the cartridge. It's the, the amount of gunpowder that's inside that and the size of the bullet that it's got to push forward, right? So when you've got a, a big, heavy handgun to help control some of the uh, inertia of that controlled explosion, it's just simple physics. It's going to be easier for you to control it than that little tiny lightweight handgun would be. So um, anyway, uh, if anybody has any questions on how the physics works, please get a hold of me at some point, and we'll see if we can figure out some way to uh, to explain that a little bit better. But all right. Um, next up here, let's see. What else have I got here? Um, if you put a suppressor also known as a silencer the two words are interchangeable if you put a silencer on a gun then it's going to make it super quiet you can start shooting in a crowd and nobody's going to even be able to hear where the shots are coming from the police won't be able to do anything about it and you'll be able to kill everybody there no mr bond (laughs) only if you are an expert marksman with 22 shorts that's the only way you're going to pull that off which is going to render your gun a single shot. I, I think yeah. the lowest decibel I've ever gotten a suppressed weapon of any kind was like 36 or something like that. And that's yeah. slightly above what your hearing protection brings it down to. Yeah, I've I've heard a, 30, a 22 firing 22 shorts. The subsonic 22 shorts sound like what you always hear to, in the movies with the sound effect, the little mm-hmm. sound. But that's the only round I've ever heard not make a sound that could be detectable. Mm-hmm. I mean, even 22 long rifle through a suppressor makes noise. Yeah, sure it does. Now it, it can be quieter, yes. And and the main thing for a, a silencer or a suppressor, um, I usually say suppressor because it, it doesn't yeah. silence the gun, but they originally were called silencers. Um, but uh, the main reason for a suppressor is to make it uh, safer for your ears to fire this thing without hearing protection. But this is talking about one or two shots this isn't talking about an extended range session or shooting an entire class without ear pro um anything like that sustained fire will still damage your hearing even with the suppressor on the firearm um all it does is take it down to where it's it's going to be less painful and less less potential permanent damage from one or two shots but suppressors do not make the gun run silent um and I mean, these things are getting to be more and more common all the time. People are finding out that it is okay for civilians to own them. Uh, you have to go through, again, some background checks. Um, if you want it to not have to go back to the to the government when you pass away, then you have to set up some sort of a trust for it. Um, and all that can be a little daunting, but any reputable uh, dealer of any kind of suppressors is, is going to be willing to help you with the, the paperwork for that. Um, you do have to buy that $200 tax stamp from the government. You do have to wait for that tax stamp to come in. Sometimes that wait is as little as, you know, three to four months. Sometimes it's out to a year. Sometimes it's longer than a year. 
it all just kind of depends. But eventually you'll get everything, and that shop will call you back and say, hey, you remember that uh, piece of metal that you bought here a year and a half ago? Well, the paperwork's here. You can take it home finally. And uh, it's it's pretty straightforward process. I haven't gone through it, but I've, I've uh, kind of seen what there is uh, as far as the process goes. And, uh, I mean, there, other than the cost, the, the cheap stuff isn't good. Good stuff isn't cheap, right? Plus you're going to add $200 onto the price, no matter what you do because of the tax stamp. Um, so that can be a little prohibitive to, to certain people. We won't name names, but it's me so far. Um, but aside from that, I mean, anybody can get these things. More and more people find out all the time. Hey, this isn't what James Bond does. Uh, why doesn't my gun sound like James Bond's gun does? I mean, cause that's movie magic guys. It doesn't work that way. So you, you mean it's not just because they're not using a PPK and 32 automatic? Maybe if you had a PPK and 32 ACP with a, a silencer on it, and maybe if you had uh, a license to kill from uh, Her Majesty, then maybe you could make that stuff happen. Um, also, if if you uh, if you're Sean Connery, so other than that, no. No, you cannot. You also have to have subsonic ammo. I don't know if 32 ACP is subsonic or not. Uh, is, is 32 ACP ever supersonic? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I, either. I don't know what the muzzle velocities are on, on 32 well, ACP. 32 LR is pretty, is pretty quick. Okay. I don't know. That's a question for somebody that knows more about those than I do. Um, all right. Good How luck, about this one? Ammo. <laughs> We've talked about suppressors. Let's talk about... Uh, let me get that check mark there. Let's talk about high capacity magazines. Um, if you have high capacity, and for those of you that can't see me, I'm going to put air quotes up here, high capacity magazines, um, then if, if those are legal in your state, then you're just asking for a mass shooter to, to come along and they can just mow a bunch of people down uh, way faster and way easier than if we uh, limited magazines down to 10 rounds. What about that one, guys? So there is false. no <laughs> Well, false, but there is no counterpoint for this argument at all. Everything comes back to whatever you mentioned being the counterpoint to it. They want to ban next. So I always respond to it the exact same way, which is to walk away and leave them there to melt in their snowflakiness. Okay, but what if this is an actual discussion between lawmakers? What if you're contacting your lawmaker because they have proposed a high-capacity magazine ban in your state, and you have decided that uh, you want to talk to them about this, and you wanted to dispel the myth that high-capacity magazines are deadlier? Because that's the only reason to ban them, right, is because they're deadlier. High-capacity magazines you can it, you can kill more people uh they're killier they're 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 deadlier you can you can sh they're shootier you can shoot more people faster that's what people say about the high capacity magazines right 83 percent of firearms death in the united states are used are pistols okay the majority of those deaths occur in areas of the world where the most high speed low drag pistol in the world is a uh oh, what's that god awful uh 
pistol. High point. Up. High point. Which Makarov? Capacity, yeah, Makarov too. High point. Which has I don't know. Capacity of uh, ten or less rounds anyway. So the argument that an AR-15 high capacity magazine is going to directly lead to mass shootings is counterproductive, as we know after the firearms ban, the assault, assault rifle ban, quote assault rifle ban, mm -hmm. uh, came off in 2008. We did not have an uptick in mass shootings in any way shape or form so that math has already been done that score has already been settled well and and not only that but um i recently read a statistic that said that uh um, there are roughly 80 million in circulation right now and so the uh the high capacity part of a, of a magazine i mean people call them high capacity what they are is actually standard capacity but they want to try and make it seem like anything more than 10 rounds is excessive. And so, you know, why would you want 15 rounds? Why would you want 20? Why would you want 30 rounds? Why would you want a 120-round drum magazine? If you're not just going to go start mowing people down, why would you want that? Um, but the fact of the matter is that even if you ban the thing, here's what you can do. You can ban them uh, with a grandfather clause so that the people that already own them don't have to destroy the property that they've already paid for which doesn't take them out of circulation. It just means that you can't make new ones, uh, which is what they did during AWB. They did that for 10 years. You're right. It did not lead to an uptick in any any kind of uh, uh, firearm committed violent crime. Um, the other thing is that with 80 million in circulation, even if you do like they did with bump stocks and you make it to where it is illegal to possess the thing, you, you've got two options, destroy it or turn it in. Those are the only two options you have, destroy it or turn it in. Then um, with 80 million in circulation, um, what happens in a state like New Jersey where they did pass a high-capacity magazine ban and nobody turned them in at all? Zero were turned in. So all these people decided they'd rather be criminals. You've created criminals, number one, overnight by people that I wasn't a criminal when I went to bed, but because I didn't uh, smash this with a hammer when I woke up, I was a criminal just because I hadn't broken my stuff that I already bought. Um, second of all, if people want to uh, disobey laws, and that's what criminals are by definition, then how do you plan on getting these things off the streets for the people that don't obey the law? And it's, it's, it's a stupid thing to say that, well... We're not as worried about the ones that are already out there. We just don't want any more. There's 80 million plus. So what's the difference? Um, but the biggest thing is, I mean, anybody that thinks this doesn't know how firearms work. They don't know how easy it is to reload. They don't remember the Virginia Tech shooting where uh, the, the suspect, um, the bad person that killed people, used two handguns with, if I remember right, 10-round magazines. They just reloaded. And so that's where, I mean, I don't see that there's any effect. Why would we put this ban into effect when it doesn't do anything? Again, uh, a law needs to have some merit, right, before we pass it. And if, if there's proof that the law already doesn't do anything, then why would we want to pass that law? That's, I guess, for me, that's the biggest thing there. Well, Columbine happened under the Clinton assault weapon ban. It did. Yep, it absolutely did. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Plus, I mean, speaking of, you know, people that didn't obey the laws and things like that, we've had one or two, but in the last 20 years, how many of these uh, widely, you know, 
widely covered by the media, I should say, public shootings have been committed by somebody who bought their own guns. I know the guy in Vegas bought his stuff. And if I remember right, the kid in Parkland, I think, bought his own stuff, but he shouldn't have been able to. The guy in Dayton bought his own, too. And the kid down in Texas, I believe, should not have been able to buy his, right? Because Right, he should have been prohibited. He should have been prohibited, but it wasn't reported right. Now, again, what good are these laws if we're not going to enforce them? Uh, well, and and what good are more laws going to do if we don't enforce the ones we have? They They had to banned bump stocks after the Vegas shooting so nobody could prove that the Vegas shooting wasn't done by that guy. Because if you ever used a bump stock at that range, you know he did not use a bump stock. Okay, here's my biggest thing about the bump stocks in the, the Las Vegas shooting. Because you you know good and well that if forensics had matched any of the, the recovered bullets to the rifles that had bump stocks attached... Number one, that wouldn't have been able to be kept quiet, right? That would have leaked. There's no way that that would not have leaked. Yep. There's also, knowing the fact that it, there's no way to keep a lid on it, if it had leaked, then the media would have run rampant with that. They would have said, I mean, headlines would have been all over the place, you know, bump stocks used to kill hundreds of people. Um, you know, bump stock used by crazed mass murderer, mass shooter, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I mean, they would have demonized these things worse than they ever were before. The fact that we have not heard one peep about bump stocks being used or or the the recovered bullets being traced by forensics back to those rifles that were fitted with a bump stock, you know good and well that is proof by omission, that he did not use a bump stock to kill anybody from that hotel room, because if it had, we would all have heard about it as soon as it was determined. And and don't tell me that there's a big conspiracy to keep that quiet. There's no reason to have kept it quiet, except for the fact that now we've banned them, and they would have a lot of explaining to do, right? Lucy, you got some explaining to do. If you listen to the films from that day it sounds like an m249 actually but anyway yeah there's a lot of theories about what it is and with echoes and things it's hard to tell but anyway yes all, all right. right so anybody else want to touch on that before we we've got time for one or two more of these yeah i'll uh, touch on that just a little bit it's it's the same thing what they're wanting to do with suppressors okay and for for years they said look Oh, that we just need to ban all these suppressors and these silencers and everything. It's the same thing as the bump stocks. They're just trying to get rid of another piece of equipment that's never been used in a mass shooting or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, you don't see um, articles coming out that somebody used a, a suppressor in a crime. It's big. It's unwieldy. It 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 will definitely affect the accuracy and the balance. You've got to you've got to practice with that suppressor on, and it'll change where the bullet impacts. the The point of impact is not well. Sometimes I know it's not affected, but most of the time, putting that on the gun will change where the bullet hits. Even you've got to practice with it. Um, you've got to have special sights sometimes to be able to even aim that pistol with the suppressor on it. Um, plus, you've got something that's anywhere from you know three to four inches clear out to almost a foot hanging off the end of that gun, um, adding length to it. And when criminals want to 
commit a crime, they want concealable, right? They don't want you to know that gun's there until it's time to pull it out and point it at you. And so putting a suppressor on a pistol and then trying to tuck it back into your pants or into your, your inside coat pocket or something like that, again, James Bond can get away with it because he didn't actually have that thing under his suit jacket. You know, they, they yell cut, and all of a sudden somebody hands him his prop, and then he's got it back in his hand again. Right, just like Clint Eastwood walking around with that Model Twenty Nine Smith and Wesson under his suit coat, Clint Eastwood didn't walk around that whole movie with that under his suit coat. Only when he went to draw it, it wasn't always there. Otherwise, I mean, it, I think it would have printed even on him. Anyway, I digress. Um, let's get to one more here, and uh, then I think we're going to wrap it up. But this is kind of a big one, and I kind of wanted to save this one for last. Um, and again, because I want people to think. And so I want you to walk away from this, um, keeping this in mind, okay? Here's one of the biggest myths that uh, I think even a lot of gun owners um, fall prey to this myth a lot. Um, here's the, the myth is that uh, the Second Amendment gives us the right to keep and bear arms, or the Constitution gives us the right to keep and bear arms. That is not true. Um, the Second Amendment does not give you the right to keep and bear arms. And I will have words with anybody that disagrees with that. The Constitution does not give us our rights. The Constitution says we have these rights and nobody can take them away. The Constitution is not a, here's what you can have. The Constitution is a, these you do not touch. These are a no-fly zone. Back off. Get off my lawn. You can't take these away. The Second Amendment says that our rights shall not be infringed. It doesn't say that we have the right. We already have the right. God gave us the right the day that he gave us breath, gave us life, and gave us the freedom to be called Americans. Okay? Not every, <clears throat> not a, every country has that kind of freedom, but our Constitution does not give us the right to bear arms or to keep arms. It says that nobody can take it away, up to and including the government itself can't take that away. So it's not doesn't need a whole lot of discussion. You guys are sure welcome to chime in with with whatever you want. But just keep in mind and you know always in the back of your mind that you are an American. If you're not a prohibited person, then you have this right. Um you haven't done anything to lose that right and have it have it stripped away from you by your government. Therefore, if you meet all of the criteria, um you know, you're you're not a felon, you are not a drug user, you are uh, a citizen of this country. You've never renounced your citizenship. You've never been dishonorably discharged from the military. Uh, you've got no domestic abuse uh, or domestic violence um, convictions on your record, anything like that. And there's probably more that I'm not remembering off the top of my head. But the fact that you've kept your nose clean, you've led a good life, you haven't broken laws, means that you are entitled. You are. You are entitled to keep and bear arms. Because you're an American, you breathe air, you're alive, you're free, and that's the way God wanted it. And the right to keep and bear arms is just protected. The Second Amendment says that nobody can mess with it. That's all it says. But a lot of people forget, and they think that the government gives us these rights. And therefore, if the government gives them, then the government has the right, or it should be able to take them away, right? And that is the a big myth. And I, I've... I've seen and heard a few gun owners that fell uh, into that trap as well and kind of thought down those same lines. If 
if the government gives it to us, then I guess it stands to reason they can take it away, right? I mean, that's just how they, they gave it. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. You know, Uncle Sam gives, Uncle Sam takes away. Uncle Sam keeps his mitts off. That's what the Constitution says. All right, I'll shut up. What else do you guys have to think about or think that uh, about that or have to say about that? I can't talk. Hear, hear. <laughs> <laughs> hurrah, hurrah. You know, and yeah, here's so that. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's why the attempt is to deprogram it, right? Mm -hmm. um, my my daughter brought me home a history book. I sent her to an expensive private elementary school, uh, academy, and then university to try to avoid communist influence um, in her education. And the one of the history books that is actually out there right now teaches that the Second Amendment protects the right to bear arms in a militia but it's exactly mm. how it is reworded and so those of us who are, are thinking that you know uh, the constitution can't be rewritten that uh, these are inalienable rights that we will always be granted remember all they have to do is rewrite history and once they've done that in any way they shape form they please Making the actual legislative changes is just a matter of voting the wrong person in. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yes. Also, um, on a side note, just to, again, to get everybody's thought process started here, if the government were to vote that they were repealing the Second Amendment, your right to keep and bear arms doesn't go away. Because that document, this one right here, the one that uh, you all, if you watch the uh, Gun Freedom Radio podcast, almost every time you'll see Cheryl Todd hold one of these up, almost every episode. It's not a big document. It doesn't take that long to thumb through this and, and read it all, okay? This is the governing document of our land in a nice little pocket-sized booklet. And, uh, I mean, people devote their whole lives to studying it and what it means word for word, but it's written in such a way that uh, most anybody can even understand it. It's pretty cool. Um, this doesn't give you your rights, and if you take any of the uh, amendments out of here, you don't lose that right just because the, the government doesn't say that you have it anymore. You've got that right. The, the document recognizes that you've got that right, and that's all it does. It does not bestow upon you that right. Your creator did that, or the Big Bang did that, or wherever you think you came from if you don't believe in a creator. But the fact that you are... Uh, alive and American means you've got that right, whether it's listed in this or not. There are rights that you have that are not listed in this document, and it still recognizes that you have those rights. It's even in there that it's not all-inclusive. They thought ahead and said, well, we'll get ahead of that one because we'll just say that there are other rights that aren't listed, but they're just as important, and they don't go away either. Just because they're not listed in the document doesn't mean that you don't have them. You can repeal the Second Amendment. Still doesn't take away the right to keep and bear arms. Just says that it's not written in there anymore. So I wanted to leave everybody with the thought that uh, the Second Amendment doesn't give you that right and the government can't take it away because the government didn't give it to you. Yeah, I got into a discussion one time with the um, Ford dealership when we were waiting for my wife's car to get her oil changed. And this guy could not wrap it around his head that because he kept saying that the government gives you your rights. The government gives you your rights. And I was like, well, then the government can take your rights from me, too. He's like, no, no. Once they give them to you, can't, they can't take them back from you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, you want to repeat that? He's like, well, mm -hmm. once the government gives you your rights, they can't take them back. I'm like, really? 
You don't think that if the government gives you your rights, they can take them back from you. If they can give them to you, they can take it back. It's like, no, they can't. No, they can't. It's like, oh, it was like, uh, I had to get walk away from this guy. <laughs> he just could not no. comprehend the fact that. Was it, it like talking to a brick wall? <laughs> yeah. You just you were kind of in circular logic there. Yeah, he was. He, he was. He was stuck in a loop and he couldn't get out of it. It was a vortex. <laughs> wow. Never wow. argue with an idiot. They have a lot more practice at being an idiot. Than <laughs> yeah, but you know, at the very same time, he could have thought that uh, that you were the idiot too. So I mean, it's it goes both ways. You know, he he probably couldn't fathom why you didn't understand that the government could give them but not take them away. I'm sure it was crystal clear, black and white in his mind too. And and that's something we need to keep in mind when we're dealing with who we think is an idiot. They think we're an idiot too, because we don't understand the concept that they're coming up with, but it makes sense to them. It makes sense to them. Whether we think they're an idiot or not, it makes sense to them. And, and that's where the disconnect comes in. And a lot of people think that, well, what you're saying doesn't make sense. That makes you stupid. Well, if it doesn't make sense, maybe it makes me stupid. I mean, maybe I'm the one that needs to consider, you know, what I'm saying, if it makes sense, too. I'm but, not the one that called him an idiot. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying, though, not in you personally, yeah, but in, in that instance, I mean, there are times that I made a <clears throat> maybe, well, and there's times that I think I'm dealing with an idiot, and, and chances are so is the other person. So yeah, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, I'm not the one that called him an idiot, but I might nope, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Cool. All right. Well, I think we're going to uh, wrap it up and uh, end on that. I know that there are other um, myths out there, and we barely probably even scratched the surface. Uh, so let me do this. If uh, if what you're thinking of as far as a myth, as far as firearms themselves or the ownership thereof or the rights uh, surrounding them, uh, if we didn't talk about the one that you're thinking of or the, the multiple ones that you're thinking of, go ahead and email me, Shooter at gmail.com and just let me know uh what you think if you want to sound off on any of these ideas and either refute them or expound on them please do so if you want to uh talk about some things that we didn't cover and uh, give me some ideas for for maybe the next video i've still got some on my list but uh you know i i need to round out that list as well so feel free to drop those in that email as well um but i just i want people to reach out to me i i asked for emails i never get them i hardly ever get them uh, sandhillshooter at gmail.com make sure you say uh, or type sandhills that ends with an s shooter starts with an s so there should be two of them in the middle of that sandhillshooter at gmail.com just let me know what you think about the discussion let me know what you would add to it or take away from it or uh, like i said if you want to refute anything that uh, that i have said or any of the panelists have said please do so feel free we welcome that here um, but uh, but get back in touch with me also, before I forget, I don't know when I'm going to do it, but I just want to put the challenge out right now um, that uh, we are going to have this discussion, and I mentioned it earlier um, based on a comment that uh, that Sarge had, had dropped out there, but um, I want to have a whole night's discussion, and I'm willing to have people come in who don't agree with me. Um, I want to have a discussion about um, the fact that there are what is what are called, you know, quote-unquote, reasonable restrictions placed on the Second Amendment when no other right has reasonable restrictions placed on it. Um, and so, and, and, and specifically the First Amendment, there are others too, but uh, we, we don't treat the Second Amendment the way we treat the First Amendment, although there are people that are willing to trample that one lately. But uh, there are not reasonable restrictions 
placed on the First Amendment like there are on the Second Amendment. So I want to get into that. I want to have a whole discussion. I want it to be a discussion, not an echo chamber. So if you think that uh, that I'm wrong and you want to come in and uh, give a different viewpoint, I'm not saying change my mind. I'm not Steven Crowder. Um, and I'm not saying come prove me wrong. But if, if you don't agree with me and you want your chance to, to talk about that with me, please do so. Drop that email, sandhillshooter at gmail.com. When I can get a few people lined up for a panel, we will schedule that chat. But it's one that I really want to have. Uh, so uh, those are some things to look forward to. Uh, there may be some stuff happening at the end of the week. Um, a link that I hope to be able to post here within the next couple of days. Something really cool happened to me here recently that I can't really share yet because it's not my place. Um, but, uh, it was cool. It was fun and I can't wait to share it with everybody. So, um, be on the lookout here on YouTube and also on the Facebook page, uh, go to facebook.com slash sandhillshooter. If you haven't liked the page, go ahead and do that. So, uh, real quick, we will let everybody, uh, wrap up and, and sign off here. Any closing thoughts and any closing shameless plugs, feel free to do so. And we have kind of mixed our panel order up a little bit tonight just because, some people had dropped out and, and jumped back in because of uh, technical stuff. And so uh, we'll just start at what is the top of my screen and just kind of work our way down. So Defense Dad, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me, at least when I can stay in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, mainly, uh, pretty much just on YouTube right now. So just check out Defense Dad and check everybody else's channels out. Awesome. All righty. Uh, Nighthawk Medic, where can people find you? Uh, so I'm on YouTube and uh, Full30.com, and of course, uh, friended in my uh, lists here, you'll see all of these amazing people, yourself included. Uh, so shameless Aww. plug, on our next uh, week's video, we're not shooting a 9mm, and anybody who follows my channel, that will be quite a shock to you. So uh, <laughs> come see it. Very cool. Be there or be square. All right. Um, what... And, you started to say Yoohoot. I think that needs to be the next website that somebody starts. Yoohoot sounds cool. And I, I kind of want to go check out whatever that would be. I don't care what it's about. I want to go to that website. So somebody please start Yoohoot.com and, uh, and and make it to where we can post videos. That'd be cool. <laughs> or, or host some live chats. All right. Pat Hirsch, where can people find you? And uh, also, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, glad to be kind of back in the circuit again. Uh, uh, just go and uh, check out everybody's uh, content. Uh, great set of panelists tonight. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on again. You betcha. All righty. Do you have any uh, videos out? Do you have any plans on dropping any videos? Or is it just kind of something you want to just kind of limit right now to just jumping in and, and uh, sharing some uh, viewpoints on the live chats? Um, yeah, I've got some videos lined up. I'm not the world's greatest editor right at the moment, so <laughs> I'm still working on that. that. So I, I would like them to be at least halfway professional when they come out. <laughs> so <laughs> I was not still. the world's greatest driver when I started driving. I was not the world's greatest marksman when I started shooting, but today I'm proud to say I'm still not a great driver and I'm still not a great marksman. So but everybody right. starts somewhere. The The main yep. thing is, yep. and I say this all the time, if you're thinking about making some YouTube videos, make the YouTube videos. Put them up there. If you don't like it, you want to improve on them, cool. You can get better. Sometimes, I mean, when I started, I could only get better. I don't think I could get much worse. But don't be afraid to just get them out there. 
and maybe somebody will, will uh, you know, maybe you'll have a different viewpoint or a different spin or show them something that they haven't seen before. Maybe you'll do what they have seen before in a different way. That's the cool thing about YouTube. It's free. Just go do it. That's for everybody, not just Pat. That's for everybody that's thinking about it. Just go do it. All right. Well, I'll definitely take your advice, John. Thank you. All righty. Thanks for being here, Pat. All right. Rich White, where can people find you? Yeah, over on the Unloaded Media channels where I do my live show. It's called This Week Unloaded. This week coming up, it might be on Monday night because uh, Budget's been having to do training classes on Saturday. So he hasn't been every other week. So he hasn't been able to do his show Friday. If that's the case, and he asked me again, I'll be moving my show to Monday, and he'll have his show coming up on Sunday night instead at the 8 o'clock hour. So if he doesn't, then look for the show at the normal time at 8 o'clock. If he does, look for us on Monday at 8 o'clock instead. Awesome. And, and Ghost's latest video where he did the top five uh, mid-sized guns, he challenged me to make my own video on that because I told him what I would change on his list for my list. He's like, well, make a video on it. So some point by the end of this week, if things go right, I will have a list on my ch- on the Unloaded Media channel of what I would consider the top five mid-sized handguns. Very cool. All right. And then last but certainly not least, Travis P11, where can people find you? Hey, first of all, I just want to say thank you again for the invite. And yeah. it was fun to kind of dispel these gun myths because these are things that pop up at dinner tables all across the country, it seems like, especially with my family. Um, but yeah, you can find me over on YouTube. Uh, channel is Travis P11 and over on guntube.org, Travis P11. If you watch any of my videos in the description box, I've got all the links and all the locations where you can find me aside from YouTube. Um, otherwise, check out Caliber Corner, little podcast we do Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time the place to be man so thank you very much i keep telling myself i'm gonna get up on saturday early enough to join and then it keeps not happening but it's not because i don't love you honestly it's not hey man i could do wake-up calls anybody that wants them you just say when and i'll make the you want to call 415 430 507 510 i'm there man cool i'm yeah. kidding of course but we, we might have to do that yeah <laughs> there you go. That, that may be what it takes now i half the time i just need to remember that it's saturday uh, right. Um, b- before I get to work and then I see, I look at my phone and realize, oh crap, Travis has been live for an hour. It's a little late to jump in. Dude, I fa- I've done 147 episodes and my family still calls me between eight and 10 on Saturday mornings. <laughs> yeah. You don't my- know what your show is. I'm like, aren't you guys subscribing? You will know. You don't oh, know how many okay, times right. on a Tuesday night after nine o'clock, my dad tries to call me and I just, oh, there go you and- go. Exactly. He, doesn't, he doesn't know. He doesn't remember. He doesn't know. He doesn't even know what I do. He just knows it's something on that, that interweb machine thing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, man, thanks. I appreciate it, bud. You betcha. Okay, and we've got the list. In fact, I had the list, and then I had to give it back because we had some last-minute additions. If you are watching on the YouTubes and you are not commenting, we cannot see you. You don't make the list. We don't say hi. So if that's your design and you want it that way, I mean, cool. All of you who didn't comment, hi and thank you. All of you who joined uh, or watched this on the replay, then Also, hi and thank you, but we don't get to see you either. So please drop those comments down below if you're catching this on the replay. Uh, We want to know what you think and and what you thought as well. So either email or comment down below. But thank you very much for joining us. Kingpin, Mystic Guns, Nighthouse, uh, Nighthouse, Nighthawk Medic, uh, G23, Schofield 63, Calaveras 32 Special, Patriot in the Dark, Blitz, New York Outcast, Tim Foley, Rich White, Defense Dad, Mike, Iron Horseman, Justin Gibbons, Guy That Comments, Travis T, Guitar Man Pete, 22 Trollster, which uh, unless that's a different name with somebody I do know, 
that's a new person. So thank you for joining us for the uh, what I thought was the first time anyway, 22 Trollster. Just me, Danny, C4 Defense, John Q. Stark, Blue Steel 44, uh, Blackbird Channel, Clover Tech, Seven Wonders, The Poor Conservative, Rocall 219. What's up, Rocall? I didn't see you out there. Uh, Ghost Tactical, Agorizer, Vanessa Kitty, and everybody else who didn't comment but still joined us or is catching us on the replay and is still here at the end. Thank you very much, all of you, for, for joining us. Uh, we, uh, we just, we can't do this, um, without you. So we very much appreciate everybody here on behalf of defense, dad, Nighthawk medic, Pat Hirsch, Rich White, Travis P 11, Sandhill sweetheart, and myself. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for everything and, and for joining us. But right now, you know what time it is. We're going to go away. Get off my lawn.